And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us today. Well, as we take a look at the weather in the Southern Plains at the 2023 Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association's annual convention and trade show, atmospheric scientist Matt Makins with Makins Weather talked about the transition from La Nina to El Nino. There's going to be a transition, but it's not immediate, and everybody's going to have a different impact, and we've certainly seen that this year. Eastern Oklahoma started off so wet, and then we've seen the pattern kind of just totally flip on the state. And now the West is actually starting to get some water, too. So that's all part of this transition transition. And before we lock into El Nino, which is coming pretty soon, we're going to see these kind of hit and miss streaks of moisture kind of spread across the region. Looking into 2024 in the Southern Plains, Macon says El Nino is predicted to come early. The strength of El Nino is very critical because a weak El Nino versus a strong El Nino change the complexity around the plains. You get water or you don't. And that's all El Nino. But as we go into early 2024, we're looking at a moderate to strong El Nino. And what that does for the winter months, it increases our frequency of snow and increases our total of snow. So good moisture outlook there. And Makins advises anyone who will be calving in the spring to watch out for cold snaps. The outlook for wheat growers, however, is better. Temperature-wise, you're going to see that transition throughout the season, getting colder and colder. And in anybody with like a like a spring calving situation you really got to watch the cold snaps because they're going to come through with snow and we know that's a bad combo i mean the good news is is this is a much better outlook for wheat growers we got moisture but yes you do have to worry about that cold into next spring if el nino fades away quickly macon said next summer may yield some drier conditions la nina has been far more frequent and longer lasting versus El Nino, which although it can be powerful, they've been shorter lived in the last 20, 30 years. The long-term picture is these things happen, like I said, on a 20, 30 year cycle. We're nearing the end of this current cycle. And once it changes, the next 20 to 30 years would be a wetter phase for us. So perhaps we're looking at one more La Nina before we see El Ninos become more frequent. And again, that's atmospheric scientist Matt Makins. While the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and the Wisconsin Soybean Association are cautiously cheering a proposed CHS facility in Evansville, Wisconsin. CHS has proposed a 70 million bushel oilseed processing facility, and Evansville is among several sites being considered to expand its soy processing capabilities. Pat Moluli, Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board Chair, says there is a clear need for the facility in Wisconsin. We've thought for years, why are we on that island and, and can't get a crush, a crush plant here in the state? And we've done a feasibility study here recently, and it just seems like, you know, the states all around us, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan, all have crush plants, and we're just sitting here on an island without one. So we're hoping to get this uh, in and running. In Wisconsin, most soybean meal is fed to dairy cows, followed by broilers and egg-laying hens. Now and in the past, they've had to import that in out of those other neighboring states. So, yeah, we want to partner with our livestock partners and find them cheaper feed and maybe save on some trucking for sure if it's produced right here in the state as well. CHS recently held a neighborhood meeting for residents in the area. Moluli says the proposed plant could create approximately 90 jobs, but several milestones have to be reached before approval. It would be months before any ground was broke, but also they want to get moving forward to order parts. As we all know, parts and supplies are hard to get. So I think if they broke ground in 2024 and maybe taking beans in by 2026, if it all happened. And again, that's Pat Moluli, Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board Chair. 
Well, with diseases like southern rust, leaf blights, and tar spot causing millions of lost bushels each year, you need dependable protection that will last. But when is a fungicide worth it? Matt Geiger, an agronomic service representative at Syngenta, shares how you can better protect your investment and potential yield. He talks about specific diseases hurting yield potential this year. So far, haven't seen a whole lot of disease. What we're seeing now is the beginning of gray leaf spot in the lower canopy, which is always where it starts. You know, it splashes up on the plant, then it'll work its way up the rest of the plant. So we haven't had a ton of moisture this year. So tar spot's not been a big concern for us yet, but that could change as we get further into the reproductive stages. But northern corn leaf fly haven't been seeing any of that quite yet either. So as far as fungicide applications go, it's the perfect time to spray. You want to make sure you get it on before you see disease. Geiger talks about how a fungicide application can help reduce potential yield loss. So the main thing, obviously, is controlling diseases. The more leaf surface that's consumed by disease, you've got less tissue there to photosynthesize and to feed that ear to produce more yield. So they keep those plants greener, and a greener plant captures more light. And when that happens, you get a better grain fill because you're maximizing your photosynthesis. You also get additional plant health benefits from these good fungicides like Jenna has so you can get help on drought stress that's a big thing so you actually can consume less water another benefit of fungicides is it can help keep the plants alive longer later in the season and so when you keep plants alive longer you extend your grain fill period as well so you can get more kernel depth in corn for example and geiger recommends triva pro for a better cost per day of disease control so the reason that we recommend Trivapro fungicide is because we've got three effective modes of action that are effective on the target pests for this geography. And what we've added with Trivapro that we didn't have in older chemistries is the SDHI chemistries, and they are longer lasting preventative chemistries. So these last much longer than the older classes of fungicides that we used in the mid 2010s and before that. So longer residual and more potency on key diseases. You can learn more about Triver Pro by contacting your local retailer or visiting online at notafraidtowork.com. Always read and follow label instructions. And finally, here on the program, despite a colder than normal spring, Washington State potato growers are feeling like they've got a good crop for 2023. Washington Potato Commission Executive Director Chris Voigt says from what he's hearing, things are looking pretty good. Earlier reports are kind of average, which is good news, considering that we did kind of get a late start with that, that cool spring that we have. And we're all optimistic, you know, for the crop that'll be harvested later towards the end of the summer, early fall. So, Voigt says things are certainly looking better than last year. We're up probably about 5,000 acres from where we were last year. So we're at 165,000 acres planted here in Washington State. And that's kind of the top end. We really can't go much higher than that. We just have run out of ground to be able to grow more potatoes. And yields this year, Voigt says, should also be better. So this year it's been relatively moderate compared to the previous two years. And so, yeah, we're optimistic that yields are going to be much better. We were probably down overall about 6% last year. And so we're on track to be at least average, if not above average. We'll see how the rest of this growing season goes. And after the down pandemic years, Voigt says we'll take it, being back to normal with high demand for Washington potatoes. Again, that is comments with Washington Potato Commission Executive Director Chris Voigt. Well, we are out of time here on this episode of American Ag Today. And again, if you have stories for the program, you can send them to me via email. We'd love to see your story ideas. Jesse Allen at AmericanAgNetwork.com. J-E-S-S-E-A-L-L-E-N at AmericanAgNetwork.com. 
American Ag Today is produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.